Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 21. It says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in whatever he does. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, once again we come to you and we thank you for your goodness and for your love. We thank you, God, for everything that you do for us day by day. And I ask, God, that you be with us here this morning. I pray, God, that you be with me. Give me the strength, clear my mind, and help me to to, uh, share this message that you've laid on my heart. I thank you for all of this, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Every once in a while I get these little spells where uh, I don't think clearly and uh, uh, get it a little bit. Some, some of you have mentioned I, I kind of stumbled a couple of times, almost fell down. And I'm not drunk, I promise you. I, but uh, I'm just going through one of those little spells this morning. And uh, But I pray that God will help me get through this message because I believe it's one that's important to us. Uh, there are a lot of facts in the Bible, amen? There are great truths and uh, powerful principles that we can build our life upon. But all the facts, all the truths, all the principles will do us absolutely no good at all if we don't receive the Word of God, if we don't welcome the Word of God in our lives. The title of my message this morning is Welcome the Word. Now, some people might say that, uh, well, I know the plan of salvation. But did you know that you can know the plan of salvation and not be saved? It's not the plan of salvation that saves anybody. It's the man of salvation. And of course, that's Jesus Christ. Amen. And we need to know him. There are people who know theology, but they never receive the truth of that theology. It's one thing to know about Jesus Christ, but yet quite another to know Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, The point is this, there's a difference between hearing the word and welcoming the word in your life. If you look there at 
verse 21. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. And you say, for wait a minute, uh, Pastor, I thought James was writing to uh, the 12 tribes of Israel that were converted, the believers. He says there at the beginning he uh, addresses his audience, the people that are receiving as brethren. These people are already saved. So what does this mean here when he says receive the word? and uh, that it is able to save your souls. Well, I thought that they were already saved, the people that he was talking to and writing to, and the answer, of course, is that they were. They, he was writing to the brethren. But this is what you have to understand about salvation, that in the Bible, salvation is spoken of in three tenses. In the past tense, in the present tense, and in the future tense. It gives some theological words for those tenses. One is justification. That happens in the past. Sanctification, that happens in the present. And glorification, that happens in the future. Justification is I have been saved. I have entered into that relationship with God, and I have been saved from the penalty of sin. Sanctification, that is ongoing, that is the present, and it's talking about I'm being saved. I'm being saved from the power of sin. We're saved in the past justification, that's in the past I'm saved from the, uh, the penalty of sin. Sanctification is the present <clears throat> And it's I'm being uh, saved from the power of sin. In other words, I'm learning to overcome those temptations. I'm growing in my relationship with the Lord. And then the future tense, that's glorification. That's when we go to heaven and we're saved from the presence of sin. There'll be no sin in heaven. But we're saved from the penalty of sin that's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, justification. We're saved from the power of sin. That is sanctification. And we'll be saved from the presence of sin. That's glorification. In verse 21, James is talking about sanctification. He's talking about being saved from the power of sin. He's talking about <clears throat> the power of of this book. He's talking about the power of the Word of God and he's, he's uh, uh, talking about the effect that this Word, this book, this Bible, the Word of God can have on our lives. And uh, uh, there's another passage. Let me share with you another passage. Keep your place there in James because we'll come right back to it. It's found in the book of Psalms chapter 19. I think Thomas will have that up on, on the screen, but in the book of Psalms, chapter 19, starting in verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, 
converting the soul. He's, talk, he's talking about here the word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous together. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. He's talking about the benefits that we have by studying the Word of God and learning the Word of God and receiving the Word of God and welcoming that into our hearts. Again, the psalmist is talking about the blessing of knowing and studying the Bible and the Holy Scriptures. I want to give you a testimony. Sometimes uh, we go through difficult seasons, don't we? There are times when we just, when we wonder, God, what in the world is going on? And and uh, that happens to me from some t- from time to time, even uh, like it does with you. And uh, I think most of you know that I'm a rather emotional guy. I uh, sometimes I'm really excited about things, and sometimes I get kind of low. I wouldn't call myself hyper emotional. I wouldn't say that I am totally. Uh, uh, in bondage to those emotions, but sometimes I get really excited and sometimes I get really low. And by the way, none of those temperaments are right or wrong. They are uh, our personality traits. It's the way that God made us, but we all deal with life circumstances uh, and and different ways. Again, I don't have to tell you that... Uh, that uh, Difficult times are not just for you or your neighbor or your family or friends. It's for all of us. And and uh, sometimes I go through those difficult times just like you do. But I want to share with you how do, keep, how do we keep going when we're going through those difficult times. What keeps me going is certainly not my emotions. Because sometimes my emotions are way up here and, man, I can handle anything. But there are also times when my emotions are way down there and uh, that would make it very difficult to handle anything. What keeps me going is not how I feel. What keeps me going is what I know. And if you want to be victorious in your Christian life, if you want to become everything that you can be in Christ Jesus, you must, you must, you must receive and welcome the Word of God into your life. The Bible says there in verse 21, it talks about it, the Word being, he says, uh, he says, welcome the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. That word for soul there is the Greek word psyche. And what it's talking about, you've heard of your psyche, a suke is the Greek term, but it's the word that we transliterate into 
psyche. It's talking about our mind and our emotions. And what he's saying is, is that the Word of God, it's not what we feel, but it's what we know. And the Word of God has the power to save our psyche, to save our mind, to save our emotions. And that is what we call growing in our relationship with the Lord. If you want to be victorious in your Christian life, you need to get into the Word in a serious manner. There's no way that you're going to be successful or victorious in your Christian life apart from this book that we call the Bible. Now, write it down. Write it down bold and underscore it. You must receive the Word. Now, I want us to look at that word, receive. There are two Greek terms. I started to say two Greek terms, but there's, <laughs> there's two Greek terms for the word receive. There's lambano and there's decomai. Lambano means to reach out and to grasp. When you receive something, and somebody's given to reach out and, and, and take it and Bring it into yourself. That's what lambano means. It would mean, in this context, it would mean being able to uh, grasp, to understand by your own intellect, being smart and being able to read the Word and just understand what it has to, do, has to say by your own intellect. Now, decamai means to not only receive but to welcome the Word. There's a difference between the two. It's more like the way you receive guests into your home. You uh, appreciate them and you want to make them comfortable in your home and you want to let them know that you care about them, that you love them. That word decamai, and that's where I get the title of our message. It's not just that we read the Word, it's not even just that we receive the Word, but it is that we welcome the Word into our lives. I, I knew some guys in seminary who were just amazing, brilliant people, and they grasped, they knew the Greek, they knew the Hebrew, and they could just grasp that, they could just reach into the Word of God and understand it. But boy, they didn't have a heart for Jesus. You know what I mean? They're, I mean, do you know people like that? that, that, that they just, they're just smart and, and they have answers for everything, but there's just no heart for uh, Jesus and a heart for those people that around them they're stiff and they're and and sometimes they're standoffish and and because they don't have that they don't have that comfortable feeling about their relationships with those that we come in contact with and uh, and that's that's the difference between lambano and decamai we need to decamai the word of God we need to welcome the Word of God and feel good to be with them, be with it, and, and allowing it to be good with us. Now, this morning, I want to share with you three things that I find in this scripture. And uh, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to it all or not, but we'll try to. If we're going to uh, decamine the Word of God, if we're going to welcome the Word, we need to receive that with repentance. There's got to be repentance that goes along. If you're going to have a guest in your house, if you're going to invite people over, if you're going to have people come into your home, the first thing you're going to do is make sure that your house is clean. Amen? You're going to clean your house. We're going to have this open house where we invite uh, uh, you over. It's going to be on a, is it a Saturday night? Saturday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. Friday, my wife took off work. She's already put it in. She wants that off. She wants off work on Friday because she's going to make sure that the house is clean and, and, and straightened up and we're going to have all kinds of food and, and she's doing that. She's going to make sure that you feel welcome when you come into our house. That's one of the first things. And folks, listen to me. If we're going to welcome the Word of God into our lives, we need to clean up ourselves. We need, uh, there, there is a thing called repentance that ought to be a part of our life. Notice what it says there in verse 21 again. It says, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That word filthiness. I think I've shared this with you before. If not me, I'm sure somebody has. That word for filthiness there is the Greek term rupus. You know what rupus means? Earwax. It means earwax. It says lay aside all earwax. I think it's interesting that this is talking about hearing and welcoming the Word of God. And the first thing that he says, that if you're going to welcome the Word of God, you need to do it by cleaning out your ears so that you can hear. You can't welcome the Word of God if you don't hear it, right? And what keeps us from grasping, what keeps us from understanding, what keeps us from welcoming the Word of God in our lives, it's sin. It's sin. If we're going to welcome the Word of God, if we're going to allow the Word of God to have its way in our hearts, we need to, we need to welcome it with repentance. With repentance. Getting rid. And also it says the overflow of wickedness. I like one translation. I don't know if it's... Uh, if it's the best translation or not, but I just like it. It's instead of the overflow of wickedness, it says the the superfluity of naughtiness. The superfluity of naughtiness. We need to get rid of what 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 I what it's talking about there is hangover sins. You know what hangover sins are? Those are the sins when we come to know Jesus Christ, we know that He's the Lord of our lives, we've accepted Him into our heart. We know that one day we're going to spend eternity with Him in heaven, but we have some of these little sins that just hang on. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm talking about? They just, they just, they just hang on, and uh, and and we just never deal with them. He's saying if you're going to receive the Word of God, if you're going to welcome it, not only is there uh, do we need to repent of the, the big things, but we need to recognize these little hangover sins. We need to recognize these little things that, that 
are still there that we think, oh, nobody cares about that. Nobody, I mean, that's not a big deal. It's a, it's a, but that hinders our relationship with him. And what he's saying there is that there ought to be, uh, uh, if we're going to welcome the word into our lives, there needs to be repentance that goes along with that. Also, if you're going to welcome the word in your life, there needs to be a respect. It says receive with meekness the implanted word. That uh, word meekness means compliant, having a compliant spirit, being, being teachable. You've heard me say many times that meekness doesn't mean weakness. It means uh, the Bible calls Moses the meekest man that ever lived. Moses wasn't a weak person. He was a general. He was a leader. He was, he was a spokesman. There was nothing weak about Moses. He stood up and pointed his finger in the face of Pharaoh, the strongest man in the world. And he says, my God says, let my people go. There's nothing weak about Moses, but yet he was the meekest man. What it means is, is that we're compliant, that we're teachable, that we can be led. Let me tell you how a lot of people approach the Word of God. God says something, they read something in there, and then they parade that statement through the judgment seat, past the judgment seat of their their mind, their own intellect, and then they try to decide for themselves, is that something that I need to do or not do? That's not welcoming the Word of God. You need to respect. You need to understand these are God's Word, and we need to follow them. If you're going to welcome the Word of God, you need to receive it with repentance, you need to receive it with respect. And then you need to receive it with responsiveness. You need to be able to respond to the word of God. If you see there in verse 22, it says, be, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, you know one, of the, one of the things that I have a difficult time uh, dealing with I mean something that I just I don't like I don't like people to look me in the face and lie to me you know I, I mean I just there's no sense in that I know some people that rather I mean when the truth would do they lie just because they're liars and uh, I just don't like I don't like to be deceptive. I don't like people to deceive me. I, 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 I just don't like that at all. But let me tell you something that's worse than somebody else deceiving you. That's you deceiving yourself. That's you deceiving yourself. For me, deceiving myself. I don't think, I don't think that that there could be much worse than that. Folks, listen to me. If you do not respond to that which you say you have received, you're a fool. Can I say that again? If you don't respond 
to that which you say you have received, you are a fool. Now, I can hear it. I mean, that's awful strong language, Pastor. I mean, what are you doing calling people fools? Well, it's not me calling them that. It's Jesus calling them that. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, and verse 26, it says, But anyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Isn't that what he says? That's what it says. It says if you hear these words and don't do them, you're like a foolish man. Let me tell you the problem, what the problem is for a lot of people. This is going to surprise you. The problem with a lot of people the big, I mean, I mean, one of the biggest problems. <laughs> Please understand the way I'm saying this. One of the biggest problems is listening to sermons. Listening to sermons, they listen to the preacher, and they say, "Oh man, I've done a good job. I've come to church. I've listened to a good sermon this morning." They might even go up to the preacher and say, "Man, preacher, you really preached a good sermon," and. Uh, And then they walk out those doors and what the preacher said has no more effect on them than what they saw on TV the night before. Isn't that the truth? I mean, they hear these words and they walk out those doors and it's like anything else that they heard. It doesn't really make a whole lot of difference in their lives. They fool themselves, they deceive themselves, and they are hearers but they're not doers. James says to be doers and not hearers only. We receive the word of God with repentance, with a clean heart, with respect, with meekness, and, uh, and then with responsiveness that we're going to be doers of the word. Look what it says there in verses 23 and 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word... And not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Now let me tell you something. What I'm talking about is coming to church and hearing the preacher preach. And you say, yes, that's good. I mean, I believe every bit of that. And then you walk out. And you forget. You forget who you are. Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. God cares about who you are out there more than he does in here. I'm not telling you, listen, listen, I'm not telling you ought not listen to sermons. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear, don't ever go out and tell anybody that I said that. I'm not saying you ought not listen to sermons. But what I'm saying is you ought not listen to sermons and then walk out the door and forget what it was all about. We need to be not only hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word.
And so many times we let other things cloud our judgment. We let other things stop us from doing what we know we need to do. We let other things cloud our judgment and convince us that it's okay to do or not to do something that God tells you that you need to do. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. There are folks here today that need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, you know right now that if you were to die tonight, you have no assurance that you'd spend eternity with God in heaven. You know that there's a decision that you need to make. There are some people here that are looking for a church home. And you know, you know right now that you need to be in a church. You know you need to be, be a part of that church. You know that. But you allow other things. There are some people here today that need to, uh, to follow the Lord in baptism. You know that you need to do that. You know that it's something that God says is to do. We don't baptize people just because we want to get in that pool and get wet. We do it because that's what God tells us to do. We do it because that's what God tells us to do. And we're going to be obedient. Listen to me, folks. I want you to, I want you to hear me this morning. I want you to welcome the Word of God into your heart. Don't be just a hearer only, but be a doer. Do so, do so. That we welcome him with a warm and loving relationship that we want to be obedient to him. Boy, what a difference that makes in our lives. This is your opportunity. We come to the time of invitation. This is your opportunity to respond. Be responsive to that word of God. Don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word of God. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you, God, for giving me the strength and helping me to get through this message this morning. God, I just ask you, Lord, that you reward that faithfulness. I pray, Father, that there are people here today that need to not only hear the word, but do the word. And I just ask you, God, to speak to hearts this morning and let them, let them, Make that choice to welcome your word into their hearts today. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.